listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. Mexico right now, the border is still closed, but we can send our love, we can send our prayers, and we can send our overflow, our gifts. And uh, every time you're laying in your hammock, you can think of our brothers and sisters in Mexico, and they're going through a real tough time right now. So let's Let's just pray for them right now. I think that would be totally appropriate. And if you've been to Mexico with us as one of the team members on our last, I believe, three trips, just raise your hand. A good number of us have been. All right. Thank you, Lord, today that you are a powerful God. Thank you that you love your children all over the world. We thank you for our brothers and sisters, God, just south of the border. Lord, we weren't able to go this past time, but we do send our love. We send our prayers. We thank you, Lord, for the effort and the time it took to make these hammocks by hand, Lord. They're woven together beautifully. And Lord, you weave our lives together, and you weave us together as brothers and sisters. And Lord, you orchestrated that we would go to these churches in Mexico and form a bond a bond of love, a bond of encouragement. And Lord, these hammocks are just tied together so intricately. Lord, in our lives, the lives of our brothers and sisters, both together here in the United States and all around the world, our lives are woven together. And you make something beautiful out of all of us. So Lord, we bless our brothers and sisters. We bless Pastor Alfonso, his beautiful wife, Becky, their children, their church members, God. We bless Pastor Tomas and his beautiful family and the work they're doing. They are truly light in the darkness. You're protecting them from the drug cartels. You're protecting them, Lord, from sickness. Lord, I heard just yesterday that one of the pastors in Reynosa died from the virus. God, this is a tough time. But Lord, you are greater than any difficulty. So we lift up our voices, we lift up our faith, And we trust you, Lord. You can do what we cannot do on our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it sure is good to be back with you. I was with you last week online in real time, two hours earlier in Arizona. It's amazing how quickly you adjust to different time zones. And so I got to uh, be with you and worship with you and uh, listen to the word that was given by Jim Mackey. A very powerful word. I just want to tell you something. Uh, Dr. Jim, I've known him for many, many years, uh, and he speaks as an apostle. He speaks to the church at large. And I believe he had some powerful points about the church at large. I am a pastor of this local church, sometimes loco church, but (laughs) local church. And I want to commend each and every one of you for living out the message that Jim already preached, for loving each other, for 
Jesus, Jesus' love shines through each one of you, whether you have a mask on or not. And one of our goals and purposes in, in our heart as we came to Midlothian is that we would have a truly blended church and that we would see restoration. And one thing that we need to see restored is the church and who we open our doors to. And our doors are open to absolutely everyone. Look around you, you know it's true. And so thank you for being such a loving church. And there were references to the white church. Guys, again, look around you. We're just the church. There's no label, there's no color, all right? But we honor one another, whatever background, whatever, wherever we came from, we're all gods, all right? So thank you so much for being the church. I am so proud of you. And uh, let's just keep it up. And let's do whatever we can to bring recon reconciliation to our nation and reconciliation to the world. Because that was the gospel. That's what Jesus came to preach. So I just wanted to say that even though I wasn't here in person, I was with you. And we had a wonderful time with our family. Uh, Rachel, my daughter, and her family uh, drove from California. We, we agreed to meet somewhere in the middle. It was 15 and a half hours for us and six hours for her and her family, but we had a great time and uh, got another great hike down into the canyon, not quite to the river, but 12 and a half miles round trip. I'd love to tell you about it, but not right now. So uh, you can just thank God I made it back up to the top. <laughs> All right. So we're going to look at this morning Psalm 91. Psalm 91, if you have your Bibles, turn this morning. We're just going to walk through this chapter. I don't have a formal message this morning. If you hear some points, write them down and let me know what they were later. <laughs> but I just thought it'd be good to camp out in this psalm. I like camping. Maybe not in July in Texas, but I like camping. I like being out in nature. I like enjoying the landscape. One great thing about driving to Arizona, we took the northerly road through Albuquerque and we stopped at the petrified forest, the painted desert, and something happens when you get to New Mexico. There's suddenly these amazing rock formations and cliffs and lots of rocks. I wanted to pull over and just gather these rocks because they're very expensive if you want to buy them here. But we did resist the temptation and we did not take anything. <laughs> so uh, camping is great because you get to enjoy the landscape around you. This is a psalm about where we dwell, where we camp, where we take up residence. And there's some good news here. Verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. One thing that's interesting here, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, we have four 
words for God here. Four amazing individual Hebrew titles or names of God. The Most High, El Elyon. He is higher than everything. Back in the day that this was written, people worshipped all kinds of things. They had gods for this and gods for that. They believed that these gods that they had created themselves had created them. I don't get the logic. But they worshipped all kinds of things. And I would say in our very sophisticated, informed culture, we worship all kinds of things as well. Just think about it. But God is higher than all. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, the highest God, the God who is higher than everything else, he's higher than a pandemic. He's higher than financial issues. He's higher than any government. He's higher. He reigns on high. We have to declare that. That gives us faith. Whatever happens to you in this life, if you come under God's shelter, he's got you covered. Amen. That's exciting. All right. He who dwells will abide. What does it mean to abide somewhere? It's more than a quick visit. Okay? I just made a quick visit down the valley into the Grand Canyon. Four and a half miles down. Quick visit. As quick as I could get down there, I got down there. Took a little longer than it did a few years ago, for obvious reasons. <laughs> Got to the bottom, then I hiked straight across a plateau, another mile and a half. I made it to the edge of a cliff. Couldn't have hiked anymore, as I do not have that superpower to leap across canyons. But from the edge of this cliff, all around me, you can't see it from the top, but the Colorado River, beautiful emerald green, you have this view of the river completely surrounding this cliff, and you can see the white water, and you can hear the rapids. Oh, it was worth every painstaking step that I took. But I got down there, I took my photos, and the goal was to get to the top before sundown. I did not dwell down in that valley. And guys, we go through a lot of valleys in life. You will find yourself in the valley. But you don't have to live there. You don't have to dwell there. You can make a quick visit. You can look around. You can record it for posterity. Here's my selfie in the valley. And you can leave. You get back to your true shelter. You get back to your true abode. And so God says that he has a place for us. Jesus said, if I leave, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Because in my father's house, there's room for everybody. There's a room for everybody. Now, some people think it's a mansion on the hilltop. Hey, whatever. I don't know what God has for you. I don't know what he has for me. But he's got a place. And that home that he has for us isn't just for the sweet by and by. 
up in the sky. It's for right here and now. He is our dwelling place. He's where we live. He's our address. Where do you live? I live in God. He will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the Almighty is another name for God. Almighty God. He can do anything. There's nothing that our God cannot do. And we need to encourage each other. Because you and I, we tend to moan and groan about things. Don't we? Sometimes. Maybe. Maybe just a tiny bit. I mean, I'm a pastor. I hear all kinds of things. And people around me might hear things. But we have to remind ourselves, and that's why we're in community, that God's bigger. He's greater. Again, he's higher. He not only is high above it all, but he has the power to change our circumstances. He might not do it immediately. Yeah, John Garlock said God's never late but he does miss a few opportunities to be early. <laughs> wait on the Lord. There's a reason it says wait. I was just thinking about this in the prayer room. God, why did you wait three days to resurrect Jesus from the dead? There's this time factor sometimes in our deliverance. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why we have to wait for things. But I know that as we wait patiently, wait upon God, he does come through. He does every time. And then we have a testimony, and we can encourage other people that are in their situations of waiting on the Lord. So we dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, now that word for God, the Lord, it's capital L-O-R-D, that usually means... In your Bibles, the name of God, Yahweh or Jehovah, that's just his name. It means I am that I am, the eternal self-existing one, the one who was, the one who will be, the one who had no end or no beginning. Now that'll blow your mind, the God of all time. You see, for God, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. And I've had some days that seemed like a thousand years. And yet, at this stage in life, I look back and think, boy, my life went like that. What happened? Anybody ever get that feeling? What happened? Time is nothing to God. And so he gives us this gift of time to accomplish his purposes in life. But I can say to this God of all time and all eternity, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God. We can declare him, Elohim is that word, my God. It's, it's a plural word, plural, and it speaks of the Trinity, actually, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in whom I trust. You see, this is a declaration. We have to declare that we trust in this God, if we're going to dwell somewhere in somebody's house, we probably should know that we trust the one who owns the house. I've stayed in a few places that I wanted to get out of right away. Sneak out in the middle of the night, 
Wasn't a whole lot of trust there. It was unpleasant. You know, God's house is a place we can trust because we can trust God. My God in whom I trust. And this is a declaration. I will say, because there's power when we say things. There's power in words. God spoke and he created. We're all here because he spoke. And we can speak positively or we can speak negatively. But the most positive thing we can say and declare, especially in this season, is you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my God, I trust in you, I don't care what's going on around me, I don't care what I see with my eyes, I hear with my ears, I don't care what the news says, I don't care what the report says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Doesn't that give you strength? Doesn't that give you peace to shut out everything around you and to declare boldly that I am yours? And you care about me, God, and you're not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Romans 8. Neither height nor depth nor principality, things present, things to come, nothing can separate me from your love. We come to church together to declare this in our worship songs. We declared it this morning, so positive, so powerful. I fight my battles by lifting them up to God and obeying him. So it's very powerful that we would declare to him even, because he loves to hear it. He loves to hear from our lips as his children. Hey, I trust you. I trust you. Do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. Am I saying that for his benefit? Because he already knows what's in here, right? God does know. He knows what you're thinking. He wants us to know. My trust is in you. Sometimes we have to say it a few times for it to sink in. And then we have all these places, all these verses, all these situations that he delivers us from. I will not read the whole thing, but I suggest, strongly urge, that in this season of our lives, in this time of uncertainty, I mean, I was all in favor of when the governor reopened the state, we could start meeting together again. Oh, yay, the numbers are down. Life can go back to normal. That didn't happen. That's not happening. But God's bigger. He is the most high God. God's more powerful. He is God Almighty, El Shaddai. God is the one God of time and eternity. And what's a few months to God? Amen? What's a few months? What's a few years? I'm not making any predictions, folks. We need to hang out in his house and enjoy the ride because God is with us. It says in verse... Oh, that one's a tiny one. Verse 5. You will not fear... You will not fear the terror of the night. 
Now, is there a terror in the night? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's a loud noise. Sometimes it's the boogeyman. Sometimes it's whatever's in your closet. I remember when I was a kid, I thought there was something under my bed. I just knew it. Was there? There could have been, but probably not. It's still scary whether it's there or not, right? But we don't have to be afraid because we live in God's house and he's there. He's with us. You will only look with your eyes, verse 8, and see the punishment of the wicked. Because, why? You have made the Lord your God your dwelling place. Hallelujah. The Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. Now this is encouraging in verse 11. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. God doesn't need any help, but he sent a little help for us. They are his angels. They protect us. They surround us. They go out before us. I don't understand everything there is to know about angels. Nobody does. If someone says they've talked to them, I kind of stand back and say, okay, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know. I'm not going to argue your experience. <laughs> I don't know because that's your experience, right? But I know what the Word says about angels, and the Word says that God is protecting us through his angels. So thank you, Jesus, for your angels. He will command them concerning us to guard us in all our ways. On their hands they'll bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. God is good. He takes care of us. He protects us. When does he protect us? When we come under his shelter. When we come under his, it says the shadow of his wing. What a beautiful picture. You know, a mama bird, she sits on those eggs, and then they hatch. I saw this documentary about these eagles, eaglets. Is that what they're called? I don't know. Someone Google it. Anyway, actually, the mom and the dad take turns. Each bird species does something a little different. But God built into that particular part of nature protection for the young, protection for the vulnerable. And when those little birds peck their way out of the egg, they're very vulnerable. They can't even hold their little heads up. They can't feed themselves hardly. They can't go out and hunt. So the, the mom and dad eagle, they go out and they get all this juicy meat. And they bring back little shreds and those birds just gobble it up. But when they're in that nest, they come under the protection of their parents. And there's a very soft place right under the wing. It's soft, it's warm, and they can hear the heartbeat of their parents. What a great place to be. That's where God invites us into his dwelling place where we are protected and where we can hear his heartbeat. That's his desire. Now, we have a change in voice in verse 14. 
And this is God responding to our declaration that he is our God and that we come to him for protection and we love him. He says, because he holds fast to me in love. That Hebrew word there means to actually be bound together. It is used of uh, intricate metal work when you combine things together and make something beautiful. Because we choose to be strongly attached in a beautiful way to God in love, he declares over us. Now, we've made our declaration, my God in whom I trust. This is God's declaration over each one of us this morning. This is his word. I will deliver him. I will deliver her. I will deliver you. Make it personal. When he calls to me, I will answer him. You just trust that he's doing that. He hears you when you cry out, whether you feel something inside or not. This is a promise. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and I will honor him. Listen to all those promises. Deliver, protect, answer, be with, rescue. And he throws honor in there too. This is like the frozen yogurt bar and you've just gotten your dish full. I'm happy without all the sprinkles and the candy and stuff, but sometimes something catches my eye and I got to put it on there. Okay, this is his favor upon you. Connie took some kids once as a reward to the frozen yogurt bar and they put this much yogurt in their cup and they heaped the rest with candy and there were gummy bars falling off the top. Gummy bears, gummy bears, malted milk balls, sprinkles, abundance. God wants to bless us. He's not the God of barely get by. That's not his name. His God is, his name is almighty. His name is high. His name is eternal. His name is great. And yet, this amazing, wonderful God says, you get to come to my house. You get to live with me. And I got a good house. It's not a shack. It's a wonderful place. And when you come and live in my house, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to deliver you. The enemy can't get in. And I will honor you because it is an honor to be invited to God's house. It's an honor. With long life, I will satisfy him. And the final phrase in this psalm is so powerful. I will show him my salvation. That word salvation is Yeshua. That's the name of Jesus. You see, David, who, whoever wrote this psalm, had a knowledge of God. And of course, you know, he had a visual of the wings 
Just think about it. God commissioned the Ark of the Covenant, and there were angel wings there. And that's where God lived. That's where you could meet with God. If you were the high priest, you could meet face to face. And David had such favor is that he didn't put it in this tabernacle behind closed doors, behind walls, behind coverings, multiple coverings. It was this tent that you could come to and you could see the glory of God. You could see the Ark of the Covenant. You could see the wings. And I know you could sense the power of God. What a powerful place. And yet we have so much more, folks. In Hebrews it says, a better way, a more perfect way. We have the person of Jesus Christ who invites us in and gives us fellowship and loves us and has shown us the way and his miraculous power lives in us. So here's the paradox. I get to live in his house, but I get to invite him to live in this house. It says in Revelation 3, he's standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears his voice, he wants to come in and have fellowship and talk to us, and love on us, and let us know how special we are, because you are so incredibly special to God. He loves you so much. He gave everything he had for you. And so we have this confidence this morning, guys. We can be confident. Whatever the media is saying, you can rise up and be confident and say, I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. My God, I trust in you. Let's stand together. Hallelujah, Lord. We just worship you right now. We just give you praise. Lord, you're worthy of all of our praise right now. God, we don't take this for granted. We're not just going to sit here and quietly say, wow, that's great. No, we say, God, you're a mighty God. We declare your goodness right now. We thank you that you're moving all over the world. We thank you, God, that you're calling many to yourself. And Lord, I just speak right now. Lord, I speak to our situations. Lord, I speak to those who need a word from you right now. I just sense there are those who are praying about important decisions that you have to make. And God says, I will be there to help you in that decision. Just call out to me. I will hear you. I will be there for you. God, you are a faithful, faithful God. I thank you for calling us together. I thank you for strengthening us. I thank you for giving us this time together. And we thank you that nothing can separate us from your amazing love. So again, whatever it is that you're concerned about today, whatever it is that's weighing you down, whether it's for you or someone else, just lift it up to God. He is a good God. He loves us all so much today. Thank you, Lord, for being our shelter, our tower, our deliverer, our strength, our peace. In your name we pray. Amen.